Blog Talk Radio. Word of it. Society. I want to welcome everybody that is tuning in. You are listening to Rob is Rich. I've got my co-host with you today. I've got a special guest. I've got Symbolic from the West Coast, Compton, California on the line. How's it going, yeah, yeah. Symbolic? Hey. <laughs> How you doing, man? Let the people know you are, bro. Oh, man, I'm doing real good, man. I, I uh just got off the phone with my Navy recruiter not too long ago. Um, I'm going to be gone, so getting up out the Uh-oh. hood finally. You know, but you got it, though. I just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, today is, uh, today is an important topic, man. I, I, today we're going we're gonna to touch back on mental health um, as a man. Um, statistically, women black are high. Uh, even better. We're we going to get down to the niche. And, and we're going to say as a black man, because it, we, we have some struggles that are a little different than the average person um, on top of being a man. You know, um, there, there's some additional things that we have to that we have to deal with and learn how to address, learn how to live with sometimes um, that maybe we need to bring to life. You know, and I just felt like this episode would be that opportunity that we'll have to to get our minds right. You know, that's the title of this episode is get your mind right, you know, because what happens is we lose ourselves sometimes and, and it's okay because that's how you remember who you are. You know, you got to fall off to get back on, you know? So, so it's okay to lose yourself, but you gotta, you've got to use that as a tool to get back. So today I want to touch on a few topics, man. And you're, you're the perfect person to help me with this um, being that you've had some experience with some depression um, and you're open about it, which I love, you know, I love that the, the fact that you're open and you're willing to share and speak on what it is that, that, you know, you have experienced because there's other people out here that are going through the same type of things, you know, or something similar, and they just don't know how to deal with it. And that's that's where I'm at right now. How do we deal with depression as a man, even more so as a black man? So help me out, Symbolic Man. I, I know for a fact that when people get into positions of power, sometimes they get lost in that title. They get lost in that position. You know, for example, I, I know we've got some people out here that are, uh, have experienced the manager 
because he's the manager, he thinks he, he can run you and he can talk to you sideways and talk at you, talk down on you, you know, all of that. But, you know, if you've seen him out on the street, you you, you tear this boy up. It'd be a you different know, so story. <laughs> completely different story. His respect would, would completely be different if he's seen you on the street versus at that job. He got, he's got something about that job that's making him feel safe, making him feel like he could talk to you that way. And it's the power that's associated with the title. So I want to start there, man. Have you had any kind of experience like that in the workplace where you've got a boss, you got a manager, somebody that's just talking crazy to you just because you know he's the boss or she's the boss? Has that happened to you? Absolutely, man. You you, you want me to just uh, take this alley-oop and take it to the hole man. or what? Rock with it. Rock with it. All right, man. All I can tell you is, man, uh, you know, fresh out of high school, I went straight to college. And uh, I got in a little trouble with the law, and I had to go to jail, you know. And then after that, the first job that would hire me was a place called Jared the Gallery of Jewelry. You familiar with them, Rob? Jared, okay, yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me make He went to Jared. You ever heard that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I worked for them cats about three years, man. And they hired me as a seasonal because they didn't feel like I could do it. You know, I was the only black person there. I was the only black person at the training at anything. But oh, uh, as I was there, I rose to become their top salesman. But they never gave yeah. me a raise. And uh, toward yeah. the and, and, and mind you, uh, I know I know we talked a little bit about compromising your uh, your your values and your personality for a job. You know, I was in the suit looking like Uncle Tom, man. Like, yes, sir. Right away, Uh-oh. sir. I'm just sucking and jiving, man. And you know, I, I was just trying to get my check, man. You know, and uh, and even after I rose to their top salesman, they wouldn't promote me. So in my third year, I was originally at the Cerritos location on Gridley. Um, I know you don't know where that's at because you, you weigh in there yeah, on the East Coast. But, uh, right. They transferred me to this racist-ass city in California called Torrance. So I go to Torrance, and I rise to be their greatest sales associate. And uh, I didn't like how they was treating me, so one day I thought, how about I take my workers' rights and start a workers' union. So I started a workers' union. You know, I was I was assembling the people, getting the proletariat together to rise up against, the, as as you called them, machine or the oppressor. And uh, they had some cats come down on some planes and some suits. They had shades on. Man, these dudes. I don't know if you see, you seen the Matrix, Rob. I have. You know who Agent Smith is. Man, I had three, four dudes look like Agent Smith talking about we're going to have to terminate you because uh, you're creating unrest. And ultimately, mm. I was just claiming my uh, my rights. You know what I mean? If I'm the top salesman, you right. should pay me the bread accordingly. And, uh, yeah, right. I got fired over that, man. And uh, I ain't going to get too deep into it. But after that, that's when I plummeted into my first mental health issue, which was depression, you know, because I was doing my best. But the fact, because I'm a little darker than your your average, uh, say, uh, let me not say what, Caucasian person, they didn't value my feelings. So, you know, mm-hmm. that's what that was. So you're saying that, so you're saying saying that, that the incident that happened, that was really the first thing that had you spiraling down into depression because you what you were you were giving your best you were trying you were trying to do you know what it is you knew how to do to I the only best did your I try I excelled brother and they didn't recognize it right right and I'm slanging diamonds dude and when I was in college I was a Pan African Studies major you know I know what a conflict diamond is I'm out here selling right. people conflict so of course mm. that's laying on my consciousness and a in a negative way, you know, I felt like a, what they call a coon or a sambo, you know. <laughs> but that's what that's what I want to get into. The fact that you were willing to go against what you knew in your heart was right, something that you had learned about previously before even getting there. You learned about that, and still for the dollar, for, for, for money, you were willing to I sacrifice what, what you knew. Crazy, right? Well, well, no, I didn't necessarily sacrifice because in my mind I was talking shit, brother. But but I needed that check, so I didn't really say too much at work. But they didn't fire me sooner, do I? <laughs> You're right, but I'm, that's that's the compromise. You see what I'm saying? So we lost 
you, you, this is a good example of, of knowing who you were prior to going into a situation, but you had to compromise. You had to bury a part of that, that part of you so that way you could continue doing what it is they needed you to do. Otherwise, you wouldn't get that check, you know. But like and you said, that being said, I, yeah, I think that's just the essence of capitalism. I mean, it's about maximizing your profit, man. And, you know, when I was learning all this stuff about black history, I was a Pan-African Studies major at Cal State L.A., you know, it was good to get that knowledge, but they weren't giving me no bread. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I needed my bread, right. brother. Right. No, I get it. That's what we operate off of, man. And and that's the that's the part that to me helps helps to understand how this whole thing works, man. Because when you get into a situation where you're compromising yourself for something that you need, not only do you have to deal with the fact that you have gone against your own maybe uh. Uh, vision or maybe your belief, own set of money, beliefs. beliefs, you know, whatever it may be, you created something that happened prior to going into the situation. You created that person prior to going into the situation and you had to compromise that. You couldn't be that person to, to, the, to its fullest, you know, because this requires you to be something else. And I say it all the time. I, I've gotten good at so many things, so many jobs. I've gotten good at stuff I don't even want to do. But I need to pray. I need to get get paid. You know what I'm saying? I needed that money, so I, it, it required me to be better than the average person. Number one, again, we're talking about not just being a man, but being a black man, and and having to express or show what it is I'm capable of doing. I had to do that to the umpteenth level sometimes, and sometimes they think it's showing off. Sometimes they think it's you being cocky. Sometimes you're overconfident. They they play you like that. But this is me actually toning it down because you can't deal with the real me. You couldn't, you could, they couldn't have no pan-African. They couldn't have no pan-Africanists up in the uh, diamond spot talking about you can't buy these diamonds, these conflict diamonds. <laughs> you know, you, you couldn't have, you couldn't have kept that job. Right. Well, that died for this job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Like we, we sometimes we got to tone down who we are just to be accepted in a place. And and that to me creates the beginning of a mental depression because I can't even be who I am. And I have to go to this place every day without fail. I got to sit there every minute that they expect me to be there. I've got to be doing what it is that they require of me. I've got to have that face on. Sometimes I get home and I'm tired. I've been acting all day long. That's not me. That's who I need to be in order to get this this paper. You know what I'm saying? So that's the part that I want to touch on, man. That's because recovering from something like that, people don't talk about that, man. People do not talk about how do you recover from, from being a fake you. That's still you, but that ain't all the way you. How do you how do you come back from that? You you lose yourself in these situations, man. And it takes time for you to actually heal and get back to the place where you feel good about being who you are, you know, and, and truth be told, man, just being in a corporate situation sometimes as a black man, I already know I had to do more than everybody else. Just to give you an idea, right now I work at a, at a dealership, a car dealership. It's four dealerships in one, Volvo, Jaguar, Land Rover, Porsche. Do you know I am one of two black people that work in that building? And then on top of that, not only am I certified in Volvo, but I'm certified in Jaguar, I'm certified in Land Rover, and I'm certified in Porsche. I'm certified in every brand that we sell. Ask me who else in the dealership is certified in all the brands. Hey, hey brother, can I add something to that? <laughs> Look, this is a fellow, as a fellow salesman, man, you work at a car dealership, I worked at a diamond dealership. Let me ask you this. With you being black, I know a lot of black people walk in that dealership. Did they ever sick you on the black people like a pit bull to get a sale because they couldn't? Because I know they did that to me. Well, I'm expected. The black person is is an expected sale. That's not something mm-hmm. that they, they they don't have to tell me to go get the black person. I'm actually happy to get the black person. When I see somebody that comes in there that is ready to buy a car, it, it pleases me to see that they have money and they've gotten to the place in their life where they can make this kind of purchase. That pleases me. I like to have those conversations. I like to be around those people, you know. So I don't, I don't get like 
picked on these people, I'm expected to get these people. If I fumble a black customer, oh my gosh, what are you doing, Rob? How'd you not close that? You know, you gonna get that's a, that's for that. No, I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. They think that's a no-brainer. I'm supposed to do that by default, just because we both black. Like it don't work like that. You know, it don't work like that at all. But you have to realize, though, when you're in a situation where you're you're the one that's controlling the destiny, but you still have to play their rules by, by their rules, and it's their game ultimately. So no matter how good you get, no matter how many certifications I got, I'm still the black dude at the dealership. Because when somebody doesn't know, they don't remember my name, guess who I am? I'm the black guy at the dealership. I'm, they, don't, they don't know. If they don't remember who I am, man, if, if I don't – I do stuff on purpose, like intentionally to to make people make sure they remember me. I used to curl my mustache, you know, like back in the fifties, motherfuckers had a mustache curled up. Like Mr. Pringle. <laughs> Bruh, I used to curl my mustache just so I could be remembered. Now my beard is long, I braid it just so I can be remembered. Yeah, I'm still the black guy, but it's two of us. <laughs> I gotta distinguish myself. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. But the things that we do just to be accepted, you know, the things that we do, man, I work extra hard. I got certified in every brand that we sell just so I can be the man, just so I can be the one that everybody has to come to. When you don't know the answer, guess who does? I do. I studied. I learned it. I, I got the certification. So story there, but I wanted to get that out because I wanted, I, I wanted to make sure that we understand there are simple things that we do to compromise ourselves. There may not be something that you, you know, recognize. But we do compromise ourselves. So with that being said, we're going to get into some music because I got some tracks here, man, that's just going to help soothe the old experience. So y'all listen up. You tuned in to Free Thought Society. This is Robert Rich. My boy Tim Bollard. Tim Bollard? <laughs>
All right, all right. We are back, Free Thought Society. This is Sunday, March 27th, and we are talking about mental health, men's mental mental health to be specific. Um, so we're gonna continue the, the conversation. We're gonna we're gonna get back into it, as they say. Um, we were talking about careers and 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 how we compromise ourselves sometimes for careers. Um, we do this in relationships too. We do this in relationships too, man. This is not no you know something that only happens when you're dealing with you know a, a, a white black dynamic. This happens in a male female situation. This happens in a in a female female situation, a male male situation. This happens in relationships, you know. So the crazy part is is that. Once you've compromised yourself, especially in a relationship, especially like when you, you know, your your significant other, maybe they work out. Now here you go working out. When you're not with this person anymore, do you still go work out? Or is it simply because that person used to work out? Now you were, you know, uh, uh, lifting weights. But we have to figure out how how we can get ourselves back when we've made that compromise. Yeah, it's okay to uh, to do something and have, you know, shared interest with your significant other, but once it's over with, if you're not going to continue those things, how do you get back to who you are? You know, and that's, that's kind of where I want to go next with this. Um, but, you know, it's completely, com- completely, in my opinion, something that we decide to go through. This is not something that we're forced to do. These are things that we have decided we're going to give up. These are things we've decided we're going to to um, participate in. And in doing so, man, we lose ourselves. We lose a piece of ourselves, you know. So I wanna I wanna touch on that. You know, we on hot words, hot topics. Um, this is a hot topic, you know. Depression, depression. You can be with somebody in a real relationship on a daily basis and be depressed and be living through, uh, uh, you know, torture, so to speak, every day, day in, day out. That's how I felt at the job sometimes. You know, it was torture. I hated being there because it wasn't allowing me to be who I was. So imagine being with somebody that says that they love you, says that they want to be with you, but you can't even be who you are. It's crazy. And if people live in that, that type of existence right now as we speak, you know, when they're going through this depression, they've got nobody to talk to. They have no way of, of, of getting this message out. They might not even understand how they got there. But the fact of the matter is, is that we break it all down no matter how, how you want to slice it. You're depressed. So symbolic. Tell me. Hey man, You ever what's been up? in a situation with a lady and, you know, it just ain't working out? You try to make it work? You compromise on something that you know, you felt would be for the greater good of the whole, and it still don't work, and now you oh, find yourself oh, oh, damn, by yourself? <laughs> hey, man, this story longer than I got to talk, brother, but uh, <laughs> let's just say uh, I'm I'm going to try to sum it up, brother. Back in, uh, in college, man, when I was at Cal State LA, I was with this crazy chick, man, and uh, she was, she always disrespected me. And then uh, March of 2013, she came in my house, broke in my house, breaking shit, you know. Ooh. And uh, and uh, I ended up getting into the trouble with the police over it because I was cussing her out. You know, the police was outside my house pulling somebody over. And, and, and peace mm-hmm. this, man, the sergeant gets there, and he like, I can tell this woman is the aggressor. You want to press charges? Guess what my dumb ass, young, naive ass said? Nah. I said, I said, take me. Don't take her. She can't take it. So my ass sat in the, in the Twin Towers 27 days for a crime I didn't commit. I was in there fighting what? for my life like R. Kelly, bro. <laughs> but I learned my lesson now. You know, I know who deserved my kindness. You feel me? Oh, man. Uh, and that is, to me, a great example of ultimate sacrifice. Why? Why would somebody do that? Like, why would you? Do that knowing you hadn't done anything. You was doing that to protect somebody else that had just did you wrong. It's crazy how I broke my PlayStation. (laughs) Stuff like, come on, man. Like that—that is a clear example right there of how we make 
We volunteer to make these decisions on our own lives. We volunteer to put ourselves through the obstacle course. We do this on, on, on purpose. We do this intentionally to save the feelings of other people sometimes, man. And now you had to endure 27 days of something that was never meant for you. I'm talking about. Yeah, and to be man. honest, to be honest, she was she was kind of a punk. I knew that she went in there they to beat her up. You know, I went in there they right. couldn't beat me up, so I figured, you know, what I I eat it. And guess what? I, guess what happened while I was in there? What? She was sleeping with all my friends, brother. But that that's for <laughs> another story. <laughs> oh man, man, like, unworthiness, see, my brother, bro. But you know, that's let, let's let's stay here for a second because. Like you said, now you've gotten to the point where you understand who who will appreciate your kindness, who will appreciate. Yeah, I got I got know, her now, bro. I'm married, man. I got me a beautiful black woman, man. I, you know, I'm light skinned, brother. So I figure I you can't put two light skins together or you get yellow. So you know, I uh, I mix a little chocolate with a little banana and we make it do what it do. <laughs> so you you got you one now. You're good. But you see, five years learn, strong, brother. Oh, that's that's fantastic, man. That's fantastic, man. I mean, learn. learn hey, mind you, Rob. Mind you, Rob. Look, I have struggles getting a job to this day because I took that rap, bro. You know, right? And, and I mean, right. That was like you said, like your your in your own, own exact words. That was the ultimate sacrifice. I I bet you don't catch symbolic doing another ultimate sacrifice again. You know, that's Jesus' job. I ain't doing that no more. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling you, you know, that was. I think that was, that was what a man. That's what they teach you. This is what a man should have done. You know, they they society says, okay, this is you you gotta take that rap. She can't handle that. You know, you gotta handle that. You gotta do that. For you to take. That's that's for you to endure. You know, we have been taught this. And and it's almost in the perverted way that we've been taught to sabotage ourselves, man. We've been taught to do this. Man, I'm telling you, it's crazy that we would even consider doing this to ourselves. If we knew the power that we have the ability that we have to manifest things in the physical. You just thinking about stuff, it's not physically here, man. You got to bring those thoughts into fruition. You got to you have to bring those things into this experience, into this reality. And it's crazy that we would even think that to sacrifice somebody or sacrifice for somebody would bring peace to us. Or you somehow you say what? I said, or sacrifice yourself, because, I mean, it ain't even a somebody. The somebody was myself, you know what I mean? But That's what I'm saying. You sacrifice yourself, but only because of your morals. The value that you put on your morals made you do that. The value that you put on what is right and what is wrong made you take a rap for somebody that should have gotten punishment for what you, you know, for what they did to you, you know. And now, to this day, you're still fighting the repercussions of that decision. And it's Indeed. only because morally you felt that was the right thing to do. Now, the crazy flip side Morally, I was young and dumb. I don't know which one it was, bro. <laughs> but, but I, I was 19, though. brother. Pete, the flip side, though, let's say that you did let her take the rap, and now she spent the 27 days. Now, she having a hard time getting a job doing this, doing that, moving the way she wants to move, somehow you'll find a way to feel bad about that. Somehow you would find a way to blame yourself for allowing her to experience the repercussions of her actions. Somehow. As a man, we do this. We take on the responsibilities of others. We take on the uh, the responsibility of having to do for others, even though they may be able to do for themselves. We take on that responsibility. And so thin line, you know, we got to figure out how to, how to walk that line in a way where we can remain who we are without, without giving up something. And we also can, I guess, not feel bad for making the decisions that we've made. You know, when I've compromised myself, I have to I always ask myself, man, was it really worth it? You know, was it worth it to me? Was it worth it to, to you know, play that 
that person or, or pretend to be an individual that I'm not? Was it worth it to to compromise who I was? Was it worth it for me? Sometimes, and this is this this is really simple. Sometimes, not speaking up, just the the act of not speaking up when you should have, that weighs on your consciousness. That weighs on on you know your next decision. Like I I should have said something. I should have. I should have been the one to go against the grain. I'm strong enough to deal with, you know, what happens after this, but I, I need to speak up. And being afraid sometimes also compromises who we are because you're scared. You're scared to be yourself, you know, and it may be some outside forces. It may be the corporate structure that, that keeps you from being yourself. It may be your girl saying, hey, man, that's, you look dumb with that outfit on. Don't wear that. Or you, you sound stupid right now. Don't, don't talk. You know, like it may be some outside force um, that's keeping you from being authentically you. And I just want to get back to being able to be authentically me. You know, yeah, there's a right and wrong time, you know, a right and wrong place to do things and say things. And you've got to know that and you've got to respect that. But ultimately, man, this is about getting our minds right. And when I walk into a room, I'm not worried about, what the culture is of the room prior to me getting it. I'm not worried about what the rules are to this place before I enter. That's not a concern of mine most times. And when you allow that to be a concern, it alters how you act. It alters who you are. It alters, it alters how you give. It, al- it alters everything about your, your, your presence, you know, and I want to be able to walk in a room and bring my presence with me. I want to bring who I am with me. I want you to identify in me something that you know outside of this room because that to me is what living is about because now I can network in a way that allows me to talk to the person that has been through similar circumstances as me. me. You know, it allows me to connect with people who recognize the power that I have to be authentically me, 100% me. You know, this is this is a tough thing for most people, man, and especially as, as a kid growing up, you don't know how to handle yourself. You don't know how to be worthy of someone else's attention without compromising who you are. This is big, man. This is real big, and I don't think enough people talk about this, you know, because finding out information about something prior to going to something it completely changes your approach. Had you not known about it going into it, you would be you. You wouldn't be you sprinkled with a little bit of that or a little bit of this, you know, a little bit of of, of fear, a little bit of hesitancy. It's not you authentically. And I think that's the the place I want to get back to, man, because I'm a victim of it too. I compromise who I am, the way that I speak, the things that I wear. You know, I'm compromised by my environment and still i be me to the best of my ability i still try to you know do things that i guess put me in a position to be able to have these kind of conversations because although i may be compromising i'm conscious of what i'm doing i'm conscious of it and i think that's the difference you know because i can i can get back to who i am I'm I'm willingly doing this, and I know that I'm willingly doing this, and I think that's that's important, man. And if if we get to the point where we understand, we understand what we're doing, we understand that we're we're making this adjustment to to maybe ease somebody else's, you know, fear. I think we're in a better place, but unconsciously changing who you are, unconsciously making adjustments to your personality, unconsciously. You know, giving yourself, I guess, an excuse to not be authentically you, I think that has to stop. I, th- I think those days are over, at least for me, you know. I I go by Rob is rich. The reason why I go by Rob is rich is because Rob is not rich, and Rob is going to be rich because that moniker, I've got everybody saying it. I've got everybody else claiming that I'm rich. I've got everybody else saying that Rob is rich. So guess what? In that experience that they have with me, 
they already think that Rob is rich. So all I'm doing is playing my game now. Now I'm making people alter who they are when they come in my presence. It's a crazy thing, man, man, but this is Oh, no, What's go that? ahead, bro. Continue, bro. I, I, I was just going to say, man, I like your name. Rob is rich. I might need to change my name to Sim is rich because, to be honest, right That's... now, Sim is broke, but keep going. <laughs> but see, Sim is broke based on the standards of society. It's based on the rules that are already set in place. When you create your own rules, then what do they have to say? Because by whose standard? Because the way that the things that you've experienced and the things that you know and the things that you've been through, that's gold, bro. That's a million dollars over and over again. Nobody can – you can't relive these experiences that you've had. People can't take the meaning from those experiences out and do something with it like you can. That's, that's treasure right there, you see. But we base everything on the dollar. So, therefore, in your mind, you think you're broke. But really, you have all the resources necessary in order to generate income, in order to generate money. But you've got to play by your rules. If you try to go be the best you playing by somebody else's rules, you may not, you may not manifest to the degree that you want to manifest. You know, So it takes courage, man, to be you. That's the, that's the, the, the real underlying essence here is that it takes courage. You've got to be a brave individual to be you. You have to be a brave person, and, you know, you got to be careful with who, who you're mixing and mingling with because these people have the ability to change who you are. You know, if that, if that, pool, is, if that pool is strong enough, if, you, if the girl is that bad and she's pulling you like that, like you, you're going to change who you are so that way you can fit into her mold. We do the same thing with jobs. You're going to change. You're going to alter who you are can fit into that mode. So I want to say, man, we got to be courageous. You know, we got to, we got to stop half-stepping and we got to fully walk into the situation. So I, I, I want some callers to, time, to chime in on this thing, man. I, I need some, some help here, man, because you guys know what I'm talking about. So callers, if you're out there, 563-999-3742. That will get you in. Press one, option one, get you on the line with hot words, hot topics, free thought society, Rob J, symbolic. We're talking about depression. It's going down today, y'all. You need to be here. And if you're not, you always check.
All right, all right. Free Thought Society, we are back each and every fourth Sunday. You can find us here. I'm with uh, my co-host, Symbolic, man. Symbolic down in Cap- Compton, California. Um, this guy's a dynamic poet, man. We didn't really talk about who you are, man, but you you got some some deep poetry, and, and the way that you express it, man, is, is second to none. I, I have to say, man, my hat's off to you, brother. You you deliver poetry, my man. You deliver, brother. So I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the mic over, man, because you you have you you've been on the streets, man. You've been in and out. You know what's happening. You know how things go, and you've got this perspective, man, that I feel like you need to share, man. So please tap in, brother. What has happened? So in regard in, in regards to depression, right? I can tell yeah, you all my first story. If that's what you want, brother. So anyway. You know, I, I mentioned about how I worked for uh, the plantation earlier, and uh, <laughs> and uh, they fired me for starting the workers' union. So I, uh, so uh, after that, I, I met my wife, and I went to her house, right? And uh, mm-hmm. I was over there, staying there two, three weeks at a time. I go back to my pop's house, right? And and this and this dude threw all my stuff away and threw my bed away. So it eventually created a situation where I had to live with my wife. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm not necessarily a psychiatrist or psychologist, but I know that that was the the straw on the camel's back that broke broke the threshold that led me plummeting into depression. It was so bad, man. I couldn't get out of bed, man. I couldn't write, man. I didn't want to eat. I didn't didn't want want to do nothing, brother. It got to the point, man, I went to Kaiser. I'm like, man, give me something, y'all. And they tried to give me antidepressants, brother, and they gave them to me. But but you know why I quit? They caused uh, erectile dysfunction, <laughs> and I and I couldn't do I couldn't do that one. So so yeah, man. Uh, dep- depression is a is a very dark, abysmal chasm that we live in, man. And uh, people try to talk you through it, say, "Oh, do this, do that." But at the end of the day, nobody really knows what you're subjectively going through. You know, I had a professor who used to call it your subjective positionality. Like they can say you can do this and do that. But when they do that, that's based on uh, them applying it to what they've been through. You know what I mean? But right. my situation was unique. I ain't never met nobody that, that rose up against the white man. I'm sorry for saying that, but that's what I did. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. I, and I got punished for it. And I sought out some help. And uh, I and, and they was telling me, everybody be like, talk to a therapist, brother. But, uh, you know, you know, we mentioned something about being black men earlier. You know what I've realized after talking to therapists? As a black man or a black woman, you can't you can't necessarily get exactly what you need from somebody that's not you because we have a unique plight in America as an oppressed people. And with that being said, you know, you got you got you got a white person that believes in the system and they telling you, Oh no, do this, do that but but you don't know that the police wanna kill me every day, you know? You don't know yeah. what I'm going through, you feel me? So it's vital. When you seek that help out, get that therapy. Um, but get it from somebody that look like you, somebody that know the walk that you walk, that talk like you talk, you know? And, I, and, and I'm and i not against help, but I am against the medication they give you because uh, if, if you hear them commercials and you hear that little, that little white dude talking super fast, may cause this, may cause death, may cause blindness, you don't want that, brother. That ain't, that ain't what right. it is, man. If people will talk to you and listen to you and accept your pain and help you get through it, then you can get through it. But otherwise, it, 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 it's it's like a physical impossibility. You can't just say, "Oh, take this, take this here med that 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 make your dick not get hard," and think that's gonna cure you. You know what I mean? And I'm just speaking right. from my own personal perspective. You feel me? Because at the I end see. of the day, we was talking we was talking about compromising yourself. And the medicine to compromise you too. What you really need is is a, a good talk, a good discourse, mm-hmm. and a good understanding. And unfortunately, <laughs> I never got that, man. I had to find Jesus to get it. But but that's another story. <laughs> you feel me? Dig, dig it. I dig it. My man, Simbala, we got a caller. Caller, last four of your phone numbers, 7600. <laughs> you are on the line. Press one to get in. Caller, who's What's your name? Where you from? Talk to us. 
Yo, can you hear me? We can hear you. Yes, sir. Oh, okay, cool. So I've been listening to you, young brothers, for a minute, man. You know, I've just been kind of riding along with the with the uh, storyline of what's been going on, and uh, oh, I have a lot of things I want. Oh, I'm sorry, bro. My name is Jay. I'm from uh, originally from Alabama. I currently reside in South Carolina. I'm a young black man, and uh, I do have a managerial position in a corporate 500 company. I don't want to disclose too many things to put myself out too far out there, but I do want to speak freely. Um, I've been listening to you guys, man. Y'all were speaking some real stuff for a long time, and I've been trying to get my thoughts together on some of the things I was hearing. But I guess to start from the beginning, you were talking about, uh, you know, working for a job and, you know, doing things that you don't necessarily want to do because you're trying to get to a place you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I think if we really think about that as black people, like that's deep rooted stemmed in us from slavery. Just being honest, I'm a I'm a young black man from Alabama, right? So I understand right. that you know, like your your great great grandmother, your great great grandfather, they didn't want to be a woman that was taking care of some somebody's kids that wasn't theirs when they couldn't take care of theirs. They didn't want to be somebody working for somebody that not getting anything out of it, right? So mm-hmm. when we go to these jobs mm-hmm. every day and we really go in there and we turn into chameleons each and every day in the workforce with what we do, I think that a lot of people that are not in our particular race category, they identify with that and they know that because we have always kind of had to be that to survive. That's kind of like a survival instinct. And we right. have adapted that mm-hmm. For over 400 years, and that makes us extremely deadly, is that we can walk into any room and transform into anything at any time and adapt, and not only be not only adapt, but be better than who was in the room at any point in time. Mm. Mm. But the problem is that we don't transcend those things into our own community, into our own homes. We use that as like a flight or flight type deal. You know, we use that when it needs to be rather than us like really realizing that, man, we have a skill set that nobody else has. Like no nobody's had to deal with the things that we've had to deal with and had to overcome that in the way we've had to overcome it. <clears throat> and I, I I just don't think that many people or many many people could deal with that, man. You know, over the course of time and that we we we've so quick to forget that because of everyday things, you know, social media, Facebook, what's hot, what's popping. I mean, bro, you popping. You been popping. Right. Your folks been popping. Your mama been right. popping. Your daddy been popping. We, we've been we've been bending the minds of the masses for longest. So when will we stop trying to bend the minds of the masses and bend our own minds mm. to, to, amass, to amass what it is that we want? What it is that we want? What it is that you want? We 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 so quick to say what's so powerful, but not realize our own power. And I think that if we really take some introspective, man, and look at look at that from from really what it is, can't nobody do that like us, man. And people scared of us because of that. And but you know that they rely. See, that's the power, though, Jay. Yeah, that's the power. Yeah. You know that people are afraid of someone that has the ability to do all things. For for somebody that has the ability to come into a room, not know nothing about nothing, pick it up in a day, turn around and be the best person in the room days later, that's scary to a lot of people, man. They're not able to, to wrap their head around that, you know. So that is a, a power that we have, man, and as long as we're continuing to sharpen that skill, we've got to now turn around and learn to use that for ourselves. That is the mission. We talked about being courageous, and I want to thank you, Jay, for, for even jumping on, man, because you didn't have to call in and, and, and give us that perspective. So I want to thank you, number one. But, man, we've got to, we've got to reclaim that power. We've got to reclaim that ability to, to be in not necessarily in charge, but – I know enough to do your job too, you know, and to be able to claim that power for ourselves and turn around and use what we've learned to help our own communities, to help 
ourselves get these these businesses started, to help ourselves open up more opportunities so that way we can get where we're trying to go. Because ultimately, that's the only reason you make the compromise is to get where you're trying to go. So at the end of the day, if um, you have a, a destination you're trying to reach, if you've got a plan, then who cares what happens in between now and the, the point where you reach the destination? Who cares? Because you're willing to put in the work and, and, you know, grind it out and do whatever is necessary or required of you. The key here is not being lost in that. The key is not losing yourself because you're able to adapt to any room because you can talk to any kind of individual. The key is not to lose yourself and to figure out how to get that back once you've walked out of that room, once you've left that position, once you're out of that relationship. How do you get the strength to reclaim who you are? That's what we got to do, you know. That's what we got to do. So, Jay, man, I appreciate you for calling in, my man. I know your mic's probably closed now, but I, I, I want to thank you again for calling in and, and giving us that perspective because as a black man in a, in a management position, you're privy to things that some of us that aren't in management don't get the chance to see. We don't get the chance to experience, you know, and you get to see how the pieces move and how they work and how everybody's, you know, involved in making this thing work as a, as a unit. So what, what, what it comes down to is courageousness, bravery, you know, being, being, I guess, smart enough to understand that you contain a power within you. And you've got to be able to use that power to the best of your ability, not only for yourself, but for your community. You know, because there are other young men that are looking up to you. There are other young men that are listening to this this podcast and they're listening to what you're saying and they see your perspective and they, they know. They know. So all I'm saying is, hey, we've got to regain the ability to be brave, to to be authentically you, to be who you are in every situation. I only know a few people like that Amen. who are themselves all the time, you know, and it's like, damn, I can't take you nowhere because you're going to be ghetto, you know, but that's who they are, and they're not ashamed of that. They're not, they don't care who's looking. They don't care who knows it. They're authentically them, and, and it takes a special person to be that, man, and everybody don't have that ability, but I'm saying it's something that can be learned. I'm saying it's something that can be tried. You're, you're like, to be brave means you got to do something in the face of fear. Even though you're scared, you're doing it anyway. Like, that is, to me, that's powerful, you know, to be able to, to stand in the face of fear and take that step knowing that you're, you're scared. But the, the act itself is bravery. The act itself is courageousness. The act itself is putting you in a place that the normal person can't even go. They're not even willing to try, you know. And being scared, man, that's a, that's a crippling thing. You know, we're talking about depression, but being scared, is it, it'll cripple you. It'll keep you from being who you are. It'll keep you from being able to obtain what's, man, it'll keep you from being able to get what's out there for you. You know, the, the way life is, man, it's certain stuff that's just for you. And if you don't make the moves and take the steps to go get them, they're just going to be sitting there because they ain't for nobody else. You got to go claim what's yours, man. You got to be strong enough, brave enough, courageous enough, you know, to go out there and do it. But I'm telling you, man, this is a this is a to be continued right here. I don't think we're gonna ever be able to get off of this mental health, man, because there there are too many examples. There are too many men going through this stuff. Um, there are too many people that you know just don't understand where they are in life with this, man. And you've got to be strong enough to to face it. You've got to be strong enough to realize I've done this to myself, and now I've got to get myself out of this. You know, I've got to put myself in another position that's gonna allow me to. Uh, to rise above this. So, man, symbolic, man, I appreciate you, man, so much. And, I, and, and again, because the people don't know who you are. That was Jay, right? What was that? I was saying your name was Jay, right? Oh, that's Jay. Jay, Jay already hung up. Jay already hung up. But Jay, definitely, oh, Jay, oh. you got to come back, man. We got to get Jay oh, yeah, back. Oh, yeah, yeah, got to, he got to come back, man. We, we we need some type of perspectives every time, you feel me? That's that's what makes this show yeah. so great. That's what uh, give us our chance to to get our voice heard, you know, because as black men, you know, we, we fall on deaf ears, you feel me? You're right. You're right. You know, so we've got to, uh, we got to get Jay back, man, and uh, 
we have them on another segment. We're going to keep this mental health going, um, you know, next month. We're going we're gonna to do it again. So I'd love to have you back again, Symbolic, you know, so we can, uh, we can see what that Compton life is about. You know, because I'm I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. Ain't a whole lot going on over here. You know, like uh, hey, any, like down in California. Any time, Tim, folk. Any time, man. You talking about brother. that fear, man? Talking about fear, <laughs> man. I don't know. Never mind. We've talked about it. <laughs> yeah, we gonna get it. We gonna have to get into bro. We gonna get into it. But hey, this is what hey, I bro, hey, bro, hey, bro. I just took I just took uh, three knife wounds to the face three weeks ago for courage, man. That's what I'm about. I've been scary all my life. I'm tired of that. You know what I mean? That's it. And and, and courage changes your life, man. It, it puts you in, in places that you would have never seen yourself, you know, and that gives you more confidence. It's crazy how courage, being scared, can give you confidence. It's crazy how it works like that, man. It's crazy how it works like that. But I want to thank all my people, man. Shout out to my man, Selah Black Soul. Man, he's going through some family stuff, but that's my guy, man. Straight love. Bless up to you, man. I hope everything goes as smoothly as it possibly can. He wasn't able to be here today, um, but that's my dude, man. And we we rock this show hey, every. Hey, yo, yo, Rob, yo, Rob. You know what you got to make sure you do. We almost out of time, man. Just uh, don't give him your socials, man. Um, and then I'll okay. give him mine because uh, this is gonna be a continuous thing that we doing here. You feel me? Well, let's do it. Rob is rich. You can look me up on all social platforms. Rob is rich. Uh, I'm out there, and man. I'm the real music. symbolic, T A T R E A L S I M B O L I C. We producers, we keep producing. You feel me? Uh, and we on uh, hot uh, words, hot topics today. That's it. You guys got to tune in. We got so many shows. It's a show pretty much for every day of the week here on Hot Words, Hot Topics. So you guys got to tap in. Look us up. Hot words with the Z. Hot words, hot topics on every major platform. It's been a great show, man. I, I really want to give the people a little taste of who you are, though, Symbolic. We got we to gotta let them hear a little something from you, man. So if you don't mind, let's get into a little poetry by Symbolic. Man, don't feed the people, right brother. They hungry. They hungry, baby. Let's give it. Word of advice. <laughs> the moment that you manage to muster the necessary courage it requires to have the audacity to ever aspire to be the best at your craft, be prepared to be hated, stunned, and despised. Pity your enemies, for they are terrified of your passion and potential. Stay strong, unapologetically be you, and don't ever fold. Never fold, even when the lies have already been told. Make it a goal to never back down to a foe or a man or a woman that would ever dare to oppose that fire. That fire that burns inside and its color is gold. That inferno burns in the deepest depths of your soul. Be strong, stand tall. Your haters will always be cold. Especially when their insecurities are revealed and clearly exposed. And when they tell you to stop, just make sure you continue. You're an unstoppable force and this shit is within you. They could never know. I understand the meaning of growth, and you know that they cringed at every great word that you spoke. And every time you whine, they hope your mind will pause and that will cause you to choke. But you don't, because you chose to be great. And when you stand up and claim success is your fate, they laugh and smile in your face and continue to hate. Never fold. I couldn't help but ask myself if I was wrong, second-guessed and asking questions. I was on my high horse. But I had to be humbled by a great depression to teach me the greatest of lessons. But I humbled myself too much. Then sure enough, I looked up and they played me for fool. I found I dismounted my mighty Mustang to reseat myself on the back of a mule. I had to stop and realize that they always wanted to hurt you. Mine was racing, going crazy, running in circles. But one day I told myself, Tim, stop tripping. These people never deserved you. I always thought if I was kind and went to school and stayed in the books, I could circumvent the disgusted faces and sideways looks. Man, I got to stop being stupid. I swear to God that these people is ruthless. They only recognize your talent when they can control it and use it. You call them out when you doubt, and they get to making excuses. They go to church every Sunday, but they need to research some Eastern words and proverbs from the mouth of Confucius. Man, this shit is stupid. Haters make a genius feel like a doofus. No Disney, but haters have you out here looking like Goofy. Let me tell you about it. 
Haters can talk a great man into a cardboard box and kick him out of his house. Haters can make a confident artist hesitate before the words come out of his mouth. Like the rap prophet K-Dot said, haters even pimp a butterfly out for a profit. They tried to play me and pump me like I really wasn't from Compton. Haters can make you feel like you ain't shit when you really the best. Haters can make a bodybuilder feel like a punk with no hair on his chest. Haters can tell you to go to sleep when you have plenty of rest. Haters that make you think you failed the class when you passed all the tests. Before your wings can even develop, a hater will kick you out of your nest. Haters that sell you skin bleach and have you hating your flesh. Haters that sell you antidepressants ready to slit your own neck. Man, haters that have you out here thinking you don't deserve no respect. Put a little bit of sugar in your gas tank just to make sure that you wreck. Haters that take your talent and craft and try to become a success. With no regret, haters will talk about a thick black body and go to the doctor to see about a lip and booty inject. Haters will lie and say they follow a rule book and live by a code. But when you learn the rules better than them, they crumble and fold. Haters will smoke up your weed and never buy you a wood or a switcher. Go behind your back and try to crack little sisters. Damn! Haters give you the dirtiest looks. You get locked up and got a sense to put on your bill or your books. This call will be recorded and monitored. I have a collect call from... Simeon Carson. An inmate at a... County Detention Facility. Your telephone service provider does not allow collect calls from... County Detention Facility. If you would like to accept this and future collect calls... You must establish a prepay account. We accept Visa and MasterCard. If you would like to set up an account and accept this call, please press 4. Hell no! Haters will try to bash you, but be one in your life. Go behind your back in your own home and try to creep with your wife, but that ain't right. Didn't you say that you answered to Christ? You ready to kill yourself? I swear to God that they hand you a knife. Screaming, jump off the building. Talking to the news, gassing up all the hype. A hater can shift a good-ass day to a dark-ass night. A hater will convince you to do wrong and forget about right. Haters got schemes, ulterior motives, and plans. A hater will have his homies jump you because he afraid of squaring up and really catching them hands. I hate to knows how to be fake at your funeral crying boo-hoo over your grave. I hate to can steal your blessings and find a way to get paid. I hate to will be jealous of your melanin and try to make you a slave. I hate to steal your lyrics and spit it under their name. And you could be an angel and keep trying your hardest. But if I hate to hate you, just know that they gon' hate you regardless. I hate to gon' hate you, try to take you and shake you and break you. But make sure trying to be the best is the real reason they hate you. Never fold. They say that they with you, but in their mind they be yearning to end you. They detest that unexplained force that's within you. When people speak ill on your name, they would never defend you. They never admit it, so sometimes they pretend and act like they want to befriend you and disguise that sour look on their face. Cause that's what a grin do But they frown heads down My head up, chest out when I strut through my town They was hating at my graduation And my cap and my gown I got a standing ovation But they hatred made them leave as I was taking my bow Listen now Never put your trust in the smile They go from hating to debating on Jocking your style But honestly I take imitation as the highest compliment and you gotta understand that this is my past. I went to the dojo and trained with my sensei till I mastered the craft. I solved all the problems and I worked out the math. And the answer that I got was in them evil eyes that despise all this passion I have. They got me like, damn, why they hate me for the person I am? Every word a grand slam even when I'm being harassed. My spirit is like an engine and all this hate is my gas. They like, damn, I'm going ham. You could call me the man with the plan. You could take this poem back to your hood and wrap it up in saran. Serve it to your homie, scale it out and sell the shit by the gram. But make sure you don't sell a bag for nothing less than a band. I'm like, damn, I'm in the driver's seat, I'm ready to smash. A hundred miles an hour in the direction that takes me to the furthest point away from my past. Come down to earth and take a peek through the glass. I've abandoned my mask. They tried to trap my heart in a flask, but my soul had to explode to get me released. And with every word that I speak, I awaken the beast. I can see my dreams right within the range of my reach. There are things in life you can't control. Add me to the list, because one of them is me. Never fold. I admit I ain't perfect. Once upon a time, I let a hater know my shine and made me feel worthless. 
I admit I've been confused on the wild goose chase, on the search for my purpose. They made me nervous, even made me abandon my courage. But I took all these lessons and I studied and learned them. They hoped that I would drown in that pool full of hate. And this ain't a baseball game, but right now I'm stepping up to the plate. Y'all got me bent. This shit ain't up for discussion. The motion picture of my life will go on with no further disruptions. When you love yourself, it's like Mel Vesuvius erupting. My haters gonna be like Pompeii when they ashen statues discovered. I can't lie. They made me feel like I was nothing. I'd never sell myself short again because I know I'm destined for something. Write my biography and make sure you remember the quotes. And make sure that each and every page is overflowing with hope. I know what I deserve. I started recognizing my worth. And since the moment of birth, y'all been working my nerves. But I swear this fire will burn until I turn to dust and become one with the earth. Take notes. Send this message to my enemies, but no envelope. So that my haters always know that me and my message never going to fall. Our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Confucius.